0: In the name of Jesus, please be seated. In the gospel lesson appointed for All Saints Day, we hear from Jesus something kind of bizarre, counterintuitive. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are those who are persecuted. What? This is opposite of what we'd expect to find with blessedness, isn't it? When we consider what blessedness means from our experience, like you don't have to look far on social media to scroll down and see someone talking about how blessed they are because things are going so well, Something, something great has happened. The cancer went away, they're blessed with a new child, some new job, great vacation we are truly blessed. And that's fine, and I get it, and it's good for us to give thanks to God for the blessings that he has has bestowed upon us, the grace and mercy that we receive from him. But our Lord would have us expand our understanding of what it means to be blessed. Because for Jesus, blessedness is not limited to what we see with our eyes. Because that's typically how we define blessedness. Our blessedness is a blessedness according to sight. I can see and experience good things in my earthly life. But for Jesus, our blessedness is blessedness according to faith. That he speaks to us things that are true in spite of what we see. So that we are holy, even though we look at our lives and we we see very often unholiness that we know that that we are loved and forgiven despite the sin and the shame that we see and feel in our lives. Maybe most importantly, we know that God loves us. God loves us. And yet, we look at our lives and we have to deal with this, this unfortunate seeming contradiction that God has all the power and he's got love and he could take away my suffering. But he doesn't always take away the suffering so we deal with that in our earthly experience, that while we are we are blessed, it is according to faith. And we don't always see it with our eyes. Our experience, instead, our experience, our life according to our eyes, is often a life of tribulation. The scriptures describe it as the great tribulation. We can think about the persecuted saints throughout the church from its earliest centuries, those who were who were tortured and died for the confession of Jesus. And even still to this day, the Christians throughout the world that are experiencing great tribulation and persecution for the confession of Jesus. And it will continue until our Lord comes back. We know the persecution for maybe within our families, maybe within our ourselves from our families at times, persecution for being faithful to our Lord and his, and his gifts and his teachings. We see persecution, in the church, whenever like false teaching creeps in and tries to add stuff to Jesus. So you know that you're saved by looking at your life. Does your life look good? Have you been, have you been doing enough good to merit salvation? Are you sure that you're saved when you look at your life? And it it robs us of comfort of salvation and causes us tribulation. And again, I would argue that the greatest tribulation that we face is is when our physical suffering comes, which we will all face in this life. There's no, unless Jesus comes back before we die, we will face suffering in some way. And when suffering comes, we have to deal with this, this contradiction. The devil comes and says, if God really loved you, why would he be allowing the cancer, the job loss, the marriage struggles, whatever the thing is. And that is this tribulation it comes to us causes us doubt and and often despair that's our great tribulation in this world and you can picture it maybe as this as a robe so the the picture that revelation gets at is we want to we want to picture ourselves maybe being born with this white robe and it's not a perfect white robe because we're not born completely perfect so we've got this this kind of faded robe that we're born with and it's a stretchy robe because we we grow into it, and we can't ever take it off. And as we go through life, it starts accumulating all these stains and rips and scars. And we're stuck with it our whole life. And as we get older, the worse and worse the robe gets. Uh, the picture on my mind is this. Is this uh, I, used to, I, I guess I still have this shirt. It's a, technically called a fishing shirt. And certain members of my household really hate this shirt, but I like it and and I was wearing this shirt one time at a youth event here uh, years ago and we we're doing s'mores out there and some like ember from the fire popped out and hit my shirt right in the middle and burned a little hole right in the chest of my favorite shirt but that burn is still there to this day on the occasion that I get to wear the shirt outside the home and no one's looking I see the stain I see the burn and it reminds me of that foolish mistake I wore that I wore my favorite shirt to a bonfire. What was I thinking? But that robe, that that white robe that we have in our life that accumulates all these stains and rips and tears, the burn marks are the actual sin and shame that we have in our own lives. The evil that we've done, the evil that's been done to us, the shame that we feel, it sticks with us. You can't unsee some of the things that we've seen. The things that we hear it sticks it sticks with us and dirties our robe and when suffering comes as well the suffering bringing forth doubt and despair in our lives and our robe just gets worse and worse and worse so that at the end by our by our deathbed the devil comes along and says this is supposed to be the robe of somebody who who loves god this is supposed to be the robe of someone that god loves This is supposed to be the robe of somebody who's getting into heaven? I don't think so. So based on our eyes of sight, our eyes of experience and our earthly existence, we we know the tribulation and our robes are dirty. So to us, the Lord speaks to us the comfort of Revelation 7. We get this picture of heaven in today's first reading. So we get all these people from every tribe and nation gathered around the throne wearing the white robes, waving palm branches of victory rejoicing in their salvation. And the elder asked John, who are these guys? And John says, I don't know, you tell me. And the elder says, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. That's key, they're coming out, if they're coming out of the great tribulation, it means that necessarily that they were in a tribulation. They have come out of it. So now they're in heaven, but in their earthly life they had experienced tribulation. So it's wrong to think that as Christians who will be rejoicing in heaven, as those who God loves and we love God and he loves us, it is wrong to think that in this life we're not gonna have tribulation. The picture of heaven is those who are coming out of the tribulation. So when we do face trials and tribulation of any kind in this life, we just it's a reminder that we know we're gonna be coming out of it. So these picture, this picture in heaven of Revelation 7, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. And when they come out, they got their robes that they've had their whole life. They barely look like robes anymore with all the stains and rips and tears. And the elder says they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So these robes are taken off, they're dipped in the vat of the blood of Jesus and perfected made holy and even better than that, how they started. Because remember, they weren't, start, they weren't perfect to begin with, but now they're perfect. And that's why on this day, on All, saints, on All Saints Day, we remember those saints, especially the ones who have died from our midst in this past year, our friends and loved ones, who we might miss dearly, who now stand before the Lord's throne, clothed fully in those holy robes of Jesus and also in our own families. And not just from this year, but all the saints who have gone before us, who have died in the faith, who now stand before the Lord's throne as saints. Saints simply means holy ones. So it's helpful to remember that they are holy. They're standing there in front of the Lord's throne, not because they had perfect robes before they got in. Their lives were sinful. So they weren't saints based on themselves. They're there's saints because when, they, when they're covered in the holiness and righteousness of Jesus, it takes away their sin and their shame. So we remember the saints in heaven that are fully covered in the blood of Jesus and stand set free from the baggage of their old dirty robes and now wave their palm branches of victory. It's helpful here to remember that you and I are also saints. The Lord has baptized us into his name has washed away our sins, has has made us righteous, and calls us holy. Our problem is, we are still in the Great Tribulation. We don't see it yet with our eyes, like the saints in heaven do. We know it only by faith. So we're stuck as, as saints and sinners at the same time. As we look at our lives, we know our sin. And yet the Lord says, no, you're holy, you're righteous. And as we, as we continue in this great tribulation, it is hard. And as our robes get dirtier, they become heavier, and our conscience gets dirtier, our guilt and our shame weigh us down, life gets despairing and the devil brings his doubts. And that's when the Lord speaks into the great tribulation. Even today, especially today, this picture of heaven this heavenly hope that awaits us. As we sang it in the hymn of this, When the, well, I just gotta find the verse. Verse five. We'll back up to verse four. O blessed communion, fellowship divine. We feebly struggle, they in glory shine. So we're still here. We're still struggling while they shine in glory. And yet we belong to that glory. We know that it awaits us and the fight verse 5 when the fight is fierce and the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph song and hearts are brave again and arms are strong hallelujah steals on the ear we hear this distant triumph song of heaven that breaks in and gives us hope the picture i always have like shortly after college, I was able to go back down to Mississippi for Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving Day, as I'm sure you all know, Mississippi State plays Ole Miss for the Egg Bowl. It's a really big game. Mississippi State usually loses. We got tickets, so we got to go, I'm a Mississippi State fan, we got to go to the game. Of course, we're losing significantly by the third quarter, and it's a long drive home, so we thought, let's go home. So we make the two-mile hike to the car, and right about the time we get in, we hear this eruption of joy and this clanging of cowbells. If you know in Mississippi State, the cowbell is what they do when they're happy. So this eruption, the whole stadium is, is shaking of this joy because apparently we had come back and won. Now we're kicking ourselves that we had left, but we're still able to rejoice because that, that, that victory belonged to me. Even though I wasn't there, I was wearing all my Mississippi State stuff. I had the tickets, I'm a Mississippi State fan. We could talk about how great it is. I wasn't there, but I heard the distant triumph song and it brought me joy, even better for us. So it's not that we're missing heaven, but it actually awaits us. It's almost calling to us in this great tribulation. And we belong to it and it belongs to us. And that is our great hope in this great tribulation, that your Jesus has won heaven for you. It is yours today by faith. We know we will fully stand there in our flesh, clothed in white robes, washed in the blood of the lamb. When we're rid of the the dirty robes of this life, we will see with eyes of faith, but more importantly, even with our eyes of flesh, we will know our salvation. When the fight is fierce, the warfare long, when the road seems long and bumpy, we are given to hear a distant triumph song, the joyful song of those in heaven. Salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. Shouts from mouths that have been rendered silent by disease and death, even mouths that weren't yet able to speak when they died. Encourage us to hold on. Don't give up. You're almost there, I know it's hard, but hang in there. We're almost through. The arms, once weakened by age and illness, are made strong again, waving palm branches and victory, waving us into the eternal joys. You can't see it now, but it belongs to you now by faith, for you belong to God, so you are blessed now. Your Jesus is with you now in the great tribulation. He will shepherd you through it to life everlasting and will wipe every tear from your eyes. In the name of Jesus, we stand for prayer.